0: Hi, I'm Megan. And I'm Xenia. And we're the co-founders of Leone, a virtual skincare consultancy changing the way that you shop for skincare for good.
1: This is our podcast, The Skin Interview, and each week we interview skin experts, brand founders, and the beauty industry's best on the skin subjects that really matter. Do you want to know the products that you really need in your skincare routine? Cut through the noise of the trends to avoid to find the ones that really work? Or
0: do you just want to know what's happening to your skin so you can achieve your skincare goals?
1: Each week, we're going to answer these questions and more with no bias, buzzwords, or BS. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to The Skin Interview. How are you, Xen? I'm good. And you? How's everything
0: since last time we spoke? I'm good. I'm good. I'm in my jungle sweatshirt. I went to jungle last night in Brixton. It was really, really fun. I love this, Um, this, this group. It's so good. Oh, my gosh. They were honestly amazing. It was so nice to be in like a crowd of people, I have to say. but yeah, it was good. We showed our little vaccine passports. That's a thing now in the UK. so
1: my God, it's a new hair, yeah, I know it is. How big's the baby son? The baby is very big. I'm thirty four weeks now. So my baby size is at the moment uh pineapple. Oh wow. yeah. It's quite nice, but does the
0: little like leafy part count? Yeah, probably.
1: I think so. Pineapple's <laughs> pineapple is really big. It's really big. Your baby is as big as a moon boot. Oh, cute! That's huge. Yeah, but you know the sizing doesn't make sense sometimes.
0: No, it doesn't. But pretty soon we're gonna have we're gonna have the baby on the podcast. Um, we will. <laughs> Hopefully
1: <yeah>. not crying. <laughs> <laughs> Hopefully not crying. But Max. Do you want to talk about the podcast you did? I think it's a super interesting one because it's very different from what we've done so far. Yes, yes. So it's with Winnie
0: Awa who is a friend of ours. We absolutely love Winnie. We met her well, it's now like a, was it a is it a couple of years ago now because of the because covid it seems like it's ago. just one yeah, two years ago, which is crazy. So yeah, we were doing a startup accelerator that was focused on beauty tech. And actually, we were kind of new to this space because before we were not a tech business at all. But obviously, with COVID, everything shifted. So we met Winnie while doing this accelerator. And it was so interesting, because actually, there are so many similarities between our two businesses. And now, it's really nice because we bounce different ideas off of each other in terms of how to you know, acquire customers and different features that we can kind of look into and, and things like that because her business, Cara, which you'll hear more about in the podcast, I won't reveal too much so you guys can listen and see what, what it's all about. But it's very similar to what we do, but it's in the hair care space. And so, yeah, I think that she was equally as frustrated with the customer journey as we were, but with hair care, specifically textured hair. And so we bond over over all things, personalization and beauty tech. So yeah, Xen, I think that it would be interesting just to talk about a little bit about how we shifted from being a very much in-person business to the digital space, you know, in the matter of in a matter of weeks, actually.
1: Yeah, because we felt in the beauty tech, you know, space really not randomly, but we were kind of like pushed to do it. So we're like brand new in the space. But we, so with Megan, when we started the business, we um, were doing physical consultation. So we were doing the consultation from my home. So I don't know if anyone who's listening to the podcast now came to my flat to do those consultations, those one to one consultations, which was pretty amazing. And I think, you know, meeting the client in real life, speaking to them, like really get to know more about them to make like a very accurate skin profile was super important. And when COVID happened, obviously, we had to rethink all the way, like just the way we were doing our business, because obviously we couldn't meet those persons face to face. Um, And so we had to shift entirely into the digital world. And we started to do those consultation digitally. Um, And I think that both you and me in the beginning were very frustrated and skeptical because again, like I said, like we loved meeting our clients in person. But the more we were doing it, and actually, yeah, the more we are doing it, the more we saw there was an opportunity for us as a business to to grow and scale and have more skid mentors and, you know, being able to do those consultations also for people that live, for example, in the US, you know, or I had someone in Colombia. So Egypt, so many clients in Egypt. It really opens the borders and uh, it's such a nice way to meet clients around the world. Um, and for us for sure to scale the business, So if we speak about the business point of view, it was very interesting for us to to move into the space. And we were scared about, you know, like the like the way we could assess the skin, which was very different because digitally, of course, like it's gonna be very different from like when you actually meet a person face to face. But what we found is that with like we review all the, you know, the, the consultation process, the skin interview we're doing. And now we're able to deliver. Like not now, even after just after, like the customer experience was exactly the same. People still loved it. People still found that the skin profile was very accurate, and actually, the we maintained a really high customer satisfaction rate, which was amazing. And so I think we we like we yeah I can say that we nailed it in the way that we know <laughs> how what a question we need to ask. You know, even even if it's digitally, and clients can also send us pictures, etc. So it made sense to stay in this space now a lot of people ask us you know when we're going to be back physically but it just doesn't make sense because you know we have the ability to reach out to more people and to really for me it's so important that we expand that honest voice that we are like and if we can touch more people and help more people easily in the comfort of their home like why not you know and I love doing that. So I'm yeah. completely digital now.
0: I know. We were so we were so skeptical. I think it's just because it was the unknown. And I feel like what people also don't know is it's not it's more than just the kind of Zoom consultation, Google Meet consultation. There's a lot more behind the scenes that goes on that is in this kind of like technology world. So we have this platform that we built with a developer who's based in Texas. He never gets any credit, but his name is Tyler. And basically he built the the skin profile and our database from the ground up. So we're not using kind of third party platforms. We're actually using our own platform that we've built. And so when you do the consultation, if you're listening and you haven't done it before, you then log into your skin profile. And that skin profile is very dynamic. It has a calendar, it has a skincare regime. And there's so much that's going on behind the scenes with that, with that routine. And, you know, we're also looking to integrate personal shopping into that as well. So yeah, it doesn't seem I guess some people are like, oh, okay, well, it's just a video call. But what goes on behind the scenes is is very technology focused and you know, we're looking to to make it better every day and make the experience much more seamless for for our clients end to end. So obviously you and I had not any experience on building this web application and eventually moving into a, a mobile application as well. But most people do it on their computer at the moment.
1: But what's so interesting too, Meg's, uh which we discussed just before like recording this is that, you know, I think that we wouldn't be able to move in the digital world if it wasn't for like COVID because everyone kind of had to move like all their routines, you know, all the stuff that we're doing on a day-to-day in a, like in a more digital way. And so people are way more open to those type of experiences, you know, like speaking to someone on Zoom, it's became like part of our life now, right? It's like we, we're still going to do it. And something that you mentioned a lot, which I think is super interesting is that it's true that our clients actually feel a bit more comfortable too. Because when you're at home and, you know, you're in your comfort space, you're in your zone, uh, you can really open up, you can speak, you can show us your bathroom, you can show us, you know, like the different products you're using. And it creates a more intimate also relationship with the skin mentor, uh, which is essential because sometimes, you know, having someone coming to your space can be... You know, a little bit how can I say intimidating for them. Intimidating, exactly. Yeah.
0: Yeah. I think that it's it's definitely that comfort. I mean, my therapist, I have never met her in person. You know, it's all been done virtually. And so I think that we kind of are like a therapist for your skin. In many ways, I think people don't even realize they open up to us a lot during during the sessions. And I mean, I have my session once a week with her and I, I feel like we have a very an incredible relationship. So yeah, you can definitely build those kind of virtual relationships and maintain those virtual relationships now much more than I think in the past because of COVID, which
1: I think is is a good thing that's come from it. It's a good thing. And I just have a question, Max. Did you recently experience like an amazing digital experience?
0: Honestly, I think that in terms of like, so Curate Beauty is doing, I haven't experienced it yet, but Curate Beauty and other friends of ours here in the kind of beauty tech space, they're doing this meet and greet with retailers and brands, which is really cool. And so, what they're doing is they're connecting retailers with niche brands that can then, you know, be showcased in their in their spaces. And you know, this really is connecting people from all over the world. It's also allowing small brands to have a platform. And so, I think that events like this are incredible because previously you never would have been able to get all of those people in the same room. So, I think in terms of like just opening the door for opportunity, I think that that's a really kind of cool experience but i don't know in terms of this like digital experience have you experienced anything recently um have you been in store and experienced anything really cool in terms of this kind of like beauty tech space
1: beauty tech to be completely honest with you Mike since i'm in geneva like geneva is really not the most exciting city in the world for beauty tech <laughs> we're quite limited with everything that we have but no i experienced like in london Maybe not in the beauty space. I think Kara is amazing. Really, I really do. Like I saw like the website, et cetera. Like I just want to know if I could do it even if I don't have text with her, but I think I can. <laughs>
0: but I I'll think, work. no, I, yeah, I do. I do think that like, it's yeah you can apply it to to your
1: hair care routine because my hair has changed so much you know with my pregnancy etc i feel it's like different in a good way by the way but i'm just so scared with the after effects of the pregnancy where actually people like can lose half of the hair so maybe i should be like (laughs) investing in a consultation with them. yeah it's crazy but i think not in the beauty space but there was one app i experienced which is not beauty related but like i can still mention it oh i I know you're gonna say yeah it's sojo and what I loved about it is that super easy to uh, to use. And then like, yeah, it's more like a digital type of experience that you get. So for example, if you have, a, I don't know, a skirt or something or just a piece of glove that it's not, it's a bit too big for you or you want to change or you, you want to alter something, you just explain on the app exactly what type of work you want to do. And then you send the item. Someone picks up actually the item by bike to your house and then two, three days after, they bring it to a tailor and they do all the work and then they just send it back to you. And I think that was an amazing experience I had because, you know, super easy to use online, like very good digital experience. But then you have like the, you know, the more product outcome too, which was very interesting.
0: Yeah, that is incredible. And I think that's like the perfect example of just making your, making your life so much easier with technology because there really is nothing worse than having to go go to the place Try on this stuff, then you leave it and it's not ready for a while, then you go back and maybe they need to make tweaks. It's honestly a nightmare.
1: Exactly. Exactly. Or you give away stuff because they're too big for you or they're too small. And it's like annoying. You know, when after I used this app, I was like, oh my God, there's so many things (laughs) I could have kept and changed them, you know, but it's I mean, it's fine. It's life.
0: No, I think that's an incredible example. Yeah. I need to be better about using tech, honestly.
1: It can be overwhelming because you have many options, many different things, you know? So if there's something you have in mind and you really want to find a solution for it and you search for it, you can find it or maybe you can't, but that's the way to do it. But it's true that there's too many stuff too. So like it can kind of feels overwhelming too sometimes.
0: Yeah. I mean, I love, obviously I love anything on demand. Like I love grocery on demand. I love like Ruby, the app where I can get like a wax from my home, things like that. But And I guess it is tech. You just don't think it's tech enabled. You don't think of it as services that are tech enabled. But yeah, stay tuned. Winnie and I delve into the subject a little bit more. Also, you get to hear about Cara. You get to hear about the different kind of customer journey frustrations. It's a really, really interesting one. So I would encourage you to stay tuned. So Winnie, thank you so much for being here. I'm really excited to speak to you.
2: Thanks for having me. I love being here. I'm so excited about this conversation.
0: I'm excited about it too. And we were just talking about, you know, this is literally what we talk about all day, every day. Um, because I think we both feel that in our special specialty areas, skincare and hair care, that the way that we're shopping for beauty is really all wrong specifically in those two areas. So I'm excited to kind of dive into it. And I guess the starting point would be that beauty's kind of back and I think that's been a phrase that we've been hearing I've been seeing it loads on social media but we are back to you know shopping for beauty in store kind of and it's a little bit of a weird time so I guess first we can just talk about the pros and cons of what that looks like and how are how is it going for you
2: I mean do you know what's really interesting beauty is back but I actually haven't been to any beauty counters I don't know if you have but I haven't been to any beauty counters. But I think the challenge that we have, when you're even thinking from a beauty counter, say for instance, going to the department stores, I personally have not been going, I don't know if you have. and And I think that there is a lasting impact, I would say, from everything that we've gone through as a civilization.
0: Exactly. It's really triggering. And I think it's so funny because even watching movies and things, I know that everyone feels like you see people in these like, you know, Christmas movies, especially are always in department stores. Why? I I think of like Elf, like in, um, oh, what's Love Actually, where he goes to the department store. Anyways, I feel like Christmas movies are always in department stores, but... um, They all are. (laughs) They all are. I don't know why, but it's so triggering to see that many people, you know, huddled around doing their shopping. And I think you know, the the pros of being back are that we have that personal interaction, but it's not that personal really because most people still in, in spaces like that are wearing masks because like you yeah. said, it's a bit uncomfortable. And yeah, you can experience the brands a little bit, but if you're not relaxed, you know, it's not that enjoyable. So I think one thing I loved, I used to love doing was going to the department store on a Sunday. I just found it really therapeutic. I would go and explore new brands and I'm hoping to do that again soon. But I think because I still can't really... Test things out. There's been a bit of innovation in terms of testing and sampling, but I feel like that's mainly been online. You know, with mm-hmm. brands figuring out how they can allow people to sample in a, in that kind of digital space. But in store, it's there. There isn't as much innovation, I guess. But hopefully, we'll see an increase in that.
2: Yes, yes, I, I hope so too. Or you know, stores that are really playing in that intersection between you know online things that are happening online and offline but 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 one thing you said that I'm excited about is personal interaction wherever personal interaction happens I'm a big fan of that yeah because you can't you just can't mess with that like I think there's something about speaking to somebody and learning from their experience you can get that certainly offline and you can also get that online.
0: Yeah, exactly. I think it's that like warmth, which, you know, we found because we were obviously an in-person service before COVID and now all all digital. And I still feel like I'm, you know, I'm meeting a lot of American clients now and I still feel like I know them. Um, You and I, our friendship began online. Yeah. Oh
2: my God. Accelerator. Like when I actually met you, it just felt like we were continuing on from seeing each other. You know, like when you meet a friend that you haven't seen for a few months, it felt yeah. like you're we continuing on. But that was, you're right. That was a purely online interaction.
0: That's a really interesting kind of long-term effect of, you know, kind of COVID and our interaction online. You know, going back into the store, it is, it's different. I, I, I feel like we're still a bit timid um, in terms of feeling comfortable in that, in that space. And I I think that also we didn't really realize how much time we spent doing that. We're just not used to it anymore. So that's a big con for me.
2: I think that, you know, in a similar way where I think there's something about going through the pandemic that is sort of like cracked us open in this really beautiful way where everybody wants to have experiences or deep Mm -hmm. moments in their friendships. I think that there is potentially a spillover in lifestyle where if you are going to go out, you're going to go for the experience, right? You're going to go to a wilderness festival. You want to use your time effectively, right? And you want to use that time to create memories. I think that there's something about the way we spend time and not using or wasting time or going into multiple different stores where you can get some things online or you can do certain things online. I think you know, in the same way that COVID has taught us that we can actually do a huge proportion of our work from our homes, I think that that's forcing us to rethink where we put time and how we use time. Uh, For for, for me, I I absolutely can relate to, to that as well. I mean, I recently just um started using a grocery shopping platform that was delivering my my stuff for me it's amazing. <laughs> then you have the new which guys. one which one are so you using These I, I tried ones. gorillas i tried wheezy i am not affiliated to them by the way in <laughs> any way shape or form but i tried them and they were in my house in you know around 15 minutes yeah so would i want to go back to the supermarket no <laughs>
0: Oh, it's my, it's no, I'm the exact same. And I use Wheezy, which I'm not affiliated yeah. with. I should you know what? I should be affiliated to Weezy because I I think we, should
2: message, we should actually message them. We should <laughs> message both Weezy and Gorillaz to say, we're just talking about you guys. We are because Great. I,
0: I've done actually, because I'm so funny about, you know, I really want to support small businesses and yeah. help with their user experience. And they did an interview, a, a one hour long interview with me. Weezy did about oh, really? my user experience because I use them that much. I really love, I love Weezy. That's reason um, I know. Amazing. I know. They're, yeah. So shout out shout out to Weezy, but I, I completely, <laughs> think I, things like that, annoying admin things like, you know, going and getting your foundation, which you already know works. For example, yeah. I used to love exploring and sitting down and having, you know, them try on different things, but now that stresses me out. So yeah. I would love to talk about what you, where you think then, because we've pointed out, you know, a few of the pros, which yeah. <laughs> I think the cons actually now are maybe the list is longer than than the pros yeah. of being able to go back in store. But what for you does the customer journey kind of look like now and I guess specifically with you know with hair care and skincare too?
2: I mean I the journey is actually it maybe it's useful for us to maybe talk about maybe the challenges or, or or incorporate that in terms of like the journey for for hair care, whether somebody is actually online in a store Um, because actually, remember, I'm focusing on multi-textured hair, which means it's not like you can just rock up at any store and get served. So already you have a discrepancy in what is available to you. The way you can kind of stroll through selfages and try out tons of different things. I can't really do that from a textured hair perspective. So it's sort of like that in-store experience does not even exist for the textured hair care customer to start with. Um, And then you know, I look at What is the journey both online and offline, right? And for me, it's around where is the advice coming from? I was just reading today, actually, you know, like the the report that you shared with me um, from Cosmetics Business, there's been a huge uplift in the number of brands that have been launched. Over 50% of new brands launched in textured hair space. But what that doesn't take into consideration is the fact that this customer really does not understand how to care for their hair. No, already confused. Absolutely. So the more, I actually believe that we're going to continue seeing an influx of products in the market because our natural inclination as humans is to create. Um, but, But I think that where that starts to get, confusing is when you're thinking about a customer that actually does not even understand their hair, they're being faced with an explosion of products. Every day there's a new product launch, but actually how do you decipher? How do you know what works? for you? How do you know what the right ingredients are? How do you know what the right techniques are? Because it's, there's a nuance in the sense that with hair care, you have both the, what products am I using? And you have the techniques, like how am I, I I did a sort of like a, a user interview with a customer today who was like, I just really need to figure out what my technique needs to be around detangling. So you have this kind of like combination, between what are the right products and ingredients that I should be using um, and what are the right techniques that I should be using. And when I think about that journey, somebody with textured hair might look on YouTube um, or they might look on Instagram or Reddit. There are tons and tons of forums that exist Obviously, people are sharing anecdotal information in terms of what's worked for them, but what's actually lacking is um, that expert-led, science-led advice from, you know, experts who have got an understanding of the science behind textured hair, or even an understanding of ingredients formulation and how you need to be layering your products based on what actually exists in that product. So from my perspective, I'm seeing this scenario where you can either go onto those forums. It's, it's super time consuming takes forever. You could buy a product of a shelf, but actually there's a high cost of irrelevance there. Are, you know, I see people who are like, I've got tons and tons of products that I've purchased It costs a lot of money and I'm just wasting money and I still haven't found what works for me. So that journey is, it's fraught with confusion. It wastes a lot of time, even from a sustainable perspective. We have, I see like from our customers that we speak to only a 30% utilization of the products they have on their shelf. So you have tons and tons and tons of products, but only using a tiny, tiny, tiny amount. Why is that? It shouldn't be that way. It really shouldn't be that way. I think we deserve to be using the right products for us. And we deserve to know how to be using those products.
0: I mean, everything you said, like, yes, because the same thing is mirrored in skincare. And so you have people who have, you know, specific skin concerns that they've literally had for 20 years, you know, and you're like, oh my gosh, this person has had unusual breakouts and it can't even necessarily be classified as acne. You know, it might be acne grade one, maybe, but they've tried everything out there. They've gone to every beauty counter. They've tried this range. They've tried that range. They've gone to a dermatologist who gave them, you know, a fraction of their time, which is fine. Or, you know, a kind of pill that fixed the problem for a little while, but then they got pregnant or something happened and it came back. And then do they, you know, and it's this constant thing of, Frustration again, wasted product, information overload, waste of time. I mean, there's so many different things, and so for us, that that customer journey is yeah, there is infuriating. I think for people, and so you know, we get people requests, discovery calls and things to learn more about what we're doing, and by the time yeah. they get to us, they're so exhausted. Completely. Yeah, and it's hard, you know, because we don't want to be another confusing voice because you get so much conflicting advice and you get conflicting messages but you know on those forums for example like reddit etc so we it's funny we have this graphic that's like a maze and it's like the skincare journey and it's all dead ends you know
2: where do you go like okay fine you you ask for advice and you get like 20 different answers. I remember having this discovery call and, you know, I had a a user tell me that I just want the right answer. Like, I don't want, it could be an A, B, C, D, E, F, G. Like, I don't want 10 different, I just want to know what works for me. According to research done by Refinery29, customers with textured hair spend, 73% of them spend more than an hour weekly researching hair care. Like, that's insane wild. That really just speaks to the industry. That speaks to the challenges, the deep pain that exists and the huge white space around this area where actually who's helping? Who's helping people understand? Who's providing personalized guidance? I think that I think that it's really, I'm I'm particularly, when I think about the curve of innovation in this space, I'm super, super excited because I think there's such great things that are happening in the hair care space. New brands are launching. You know, it is confusing for customers, but I think it's great. Like, it's a necessary... Agreed. Yeah, uh, it's one of those things. Like, you're... Innovation. But yeah. But you still need to support in, you know, like, in providing advice.
0: Exactly. And I, I think that that, yeah, the product innovation is so exciting. And skincare as well because there's, you know such incredible ingredients that, you know, and things like PHAs, which are my favorite mm-hmm. skincare ingredient and the patent was just lifted on them. So now we're seeing an influx of PHA products on the market, which is amazing because they're yeah. great. And it's now at an affordable price and people yeah. are worried more about PHAs. That's just one example. People who listen to the podcast, they're like, Megan bangs on about PHAs, but
2: <laughs> <laughs> <My favorite> I, <laughs> use, <laughs> I use, I use a PHA cleanser. Which one? Like Medic Eight. Yes. Love. Yes. Love. Yes, that's what I use. I just like topped up. Um, the best.
0: Yeah. Medicaid that tastes great. great. In fact, yeah. one of my clients that I just talked to is using a Medicaid journal yeah. and she was loving it. Um, but but yeah, and I think you know one in three consumers are confused about about skincare and I think that it's definitely echoed in, in hair care. And so for you, I know the solution for us is education. And so what yeah. for you is that solution? And In an ideal world, what would... A world without the confusion look like like how does that how does that look in in your space?
2: I think for what, what I talk about right is personalized guidance. Um, for us, that's a new category that we're creating in the hair care space that hasn't existed before. so for me it's when I talk about personalized guidance, that actually is two words that encapsulate the idea of providing someone with education, but also the idea of guiding them. So I mentioned that for hair Head, there are, you know, you're thinking about the actual products or ingredients that you're using and you're thinking about what is it that is gonna work for me? based on what country I'm in, based on my lifestyle, the fact that I swim two times a week or I work out every five days of a week. You're thinking about what are the ingredients or what are the products that are going to work for me? But you're also thinking about what are the techniques and how do I do those things? I think about those two. I can't believe I'm about to say the word. The concatenation of those two. Soraya, our chief data scientist, will be so proud of me using coding language here. real yes, word I know it's such a great word. But you know the bringing together of those two words really encapsulates what we talk about when we say we want to bring together um education and coaching, because when we kind of connect with you know our customers, we're absolutely guiding them through their hair care journey. We're guiding them towards a path of healthier, happier hair. Um, and we're also creating this really warm environment that is filled with empathy of, I've been through it, I totally get it, I get this experience, I see you, and I can support you through
0: it. I'm obs- Obviously, I'm obsessed with your mission. I think that it's, I mean, I think it's 100% what's missing. And yeah. with, I think that what was really fun when we met was that we really and, and even when, you know, when we had drinks, you know, was that you could just see like the energy between Winnie and I, because we're so passionate about, about trying to solve this problem for consumers and trying to do good, which is not necessarily the easy thing to do because like we said, constant product innovation, no service innovation to support this, but you're, it's, it's exactly that. I think that for the skincare journey, what needs to happen is for people to first understand their skin and what's even going on and just have somebody listen, because actually a lot of people already know what's going on. Um, for example, with their skin and you know, they're just either a, not paying attention to it or B, they just need the validation that, that they do know because you know, they've been told a million things and they're thinking, I had somebody the other day say, "Oh, well, I was told by someone once that I, have acne, but you know, I think that it's just kind of this like congested like under the skin. And I said, Well, yes,
2: you're right. You already know. This is why like I, know. You know, I mean I think we're like twin platforms in a way in terms of the way we talk about this, the way we talk about actually we're changing the way people shop for hair care and the way people shop for skincare. And you're absolutely right. It's the I think it's this, but maybe you've spent how long going to lots of different places and they've told you something else. Exactly, um, or they've not been able to support you because it's either that it's sort of a world that is completely biased because it's focused on selling products. Um, mm-hmm. I think that there's definitely this thing of the snake oil side to beauty. I think about growing up when I see like an ad and it's like a woman in a waterfall whoosh, 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 and you know, like you're like, okay, maybe, maybe I can be like her. And then you try and you don't get it. There's definitely the snake oil effect that where, where I think both of our platforms are, are focused on removing and making this process of advice completely unbiased.
0: Exactly. And I think, you know, it is, you know, you think of all the confusion and it is as simple as, you know, having somebody to bounce an idea off of, um, you know, okay, I've tried this. Should I, should I try it this way? Yes. No. Can I use this? Like, I don't think I should use this twice a day, but it says I should No, you're right. You shouldn't use it twice a day. You know? So it's like that troubleshooting with people. And I think that then once you understand, and once you have an understanding or feel validated that you understand, and you know, you then are empowered, you can then make, informed decisions based on your own your own knowledge and your own lifestyle and you know within your budget etc cetera, etc cetera, to just you know be on that on that path to better hair or better skin and i think it can be much easier and i think that actually we can work in synergy with retailers we can work in synergy with dermatologists with estheticians with you know your kind of expert specialists because i think the end goal is you know of course People want to end up selling product, but you're not going to sell more product if people are buying the wrong thing in the first place. So I think that's critical.
2: Yeah, I, I think definitely there's, like, people are tired. It's kind of like when you say you speak to people and they're like, they've kind of, by the time they come to you for like your free discovery call, they're just like, they're tired. Mm-hmm. It's similar. When I speak to like our users, I often ask, you know, what was the thing that brought you to us? And it's almost kind of like, I've spent the vast majority of my life trying to figure this out. And I need help. And Mm -hmm. I'm like, something has to be going fundamentally wrong if we're spending huge proportions of our lives and we're like, okay, we still need help in this space. Like something is still sort of missing. The ready are popping every single day and it's asking for advice, support around skincare and hair care. And yeah, from that journey perspective, you're right. People are, uh, are running into dead ends quite frequently, Mm -hmm. I would say, or maybe buying things and wasting money on things, trying it, and then it's not working. Exactly.
0: And so I guess in terms of like the innovation that you're seeing, because you mentioned innovation that you're seeing in terms of products, like what are you in regards to trends? What are you, what are you excited about? I obviously mentioned PHAs, which is not really, (laughs) but I have to drop it into every conversation I have.
2: What are you excited about? Um, I think, like, just generally, I think broadly, I would say in beauty, right, I think beauty has been this industry that has been very excited about technology, right, in terms of embracing different types of technology. I'm excited about, you know, how you can utilize machine learning to make sure that you're supporting each customer through their hair care journey, and that's sort of, like, really I mean, I'm probably biased here, but I'm excited about it because we're doing it. Um, Because I think that the problem that you have is you have tons of millions and millions of customers to serve. That's tons of hair care textures that exist. That's tons of ingredients, tons of products that exist. And how do you sift through those in a way that make sense in a way that is absolutely relevant. So I'm excited about applications of artificial intelligence, machine learning, and beauty. I'm also excited about sort of like um, virtual reality. So for instance, um, or augmented reality, you know, like the, the ability to try and tons of different things whilst you're sort of like, in the context of your own home, you know, Literally. Into, uh, that lipstick is going to look cute or, you know, whatever it is, that shade of foundation is going to look cute. I think, you know, going back to our conversation earlier around, you know, the in-store experience, maybe the in-store experience looks different because you can do a lot of these things virtually and then maybe in-store becomes this experience playground, this, this this place where you go and play and maybe yeah. connect with communities, maybe that's where we go. I would say that the skincare space, particularly when it comes to personalization, is probably in a different space to hair care. We're still quite beginning, I would say, in hair care in terms of um, technology around, around just generally, I would say, personalization.
0: Yeah, there's a few I feel like that I've seen in hair care, not specifically in the textured hair, hair space, but yeah you know, with pros and things like those brands that are, you know, trying to, and obviously function of beauty, they were kind of even ahead of pros, but it's exciting. And it's, of course, it's personalized, but also you have that experience of feeling like you're a part of it, which I really think is fun. And I think it's the direction that, you know, some, some skincare we're seeing like skin and me, um, where this is, I have so many clients that, that come to us that, that are using Skin and Me and they want us to build yeah. their routine around it actually, which is interesting. But there's that personalization that allows you to get that kind of extra step from over the counter. But then you also see really fun things like these Nespresso pod looking things that based on the weather, they have your yeah. serum for the day. And I mean, do I think that their formulations are changing the world right now? No, but it's fun. And I do think that beauty should still be fun. We take it yeah. really seriously. Obviously, yeah. you want to should be
2: fun. Of course, of course. I think that there's a big element of play around beauty and, and I'd love to see that retained. I think you mentioned the likes of Function of Beauty Pros. Absolutely, like those brands, I think are doing great things in the realm of custom beauty. I think that the promise there is we'll create you a shampoo that works for you. And I think they're doing exciting things around mm-hmm. that space. Um, I'm trying to think about other platforms in the beauty space. I'm very excited about the sustainability solutions in beauty.
0: Yeah, like product packaging innovation, which I'm like a packaging nerd. Like I yeah. love packaging. I love beautiful packaging, and I think that previously luxury, yes. you know, packaging. I loved lux beauty because the packaging was so beautiful. Mm-hmm. It wasn't sustainable at that point, and really like not. I mean, you remember the huge boxes, like that yeah, the, yeah, you get. Yeah. Like whatever La Mer you were buying, you know, it's, it was like exactly. a whole like song and dance. But now I think it's amazing to see the innovation that's, that's coming out of product packaging and, you know, ocean recycled plastics and you're seeing crazy things, you know, the spring and the, the kind of pump used to not be recyclable. Now you're seeing brands come up with solutions for that. And it's really exciting.
2: Yeah. I mean, I was watching Pharrell, you know, he's got like a beauty brand, Humankind. <laughs> I was watching him wet wet his like facial cleanser like as a dry product and using just the right amount of water that he needed and i just thought that that was just absolutely brilliant so i'm excited about that the other thing i'm excited about in the sustainability space um so for instance as you can see i've got my hair in um extensions at the moment these extensions are actually synthetic hair right and tons of black women change their hair. They wear extensions. And I recently saw a company called Rebundle that I'm obsessed with because I think that they're doing something super amazing. They're basically creating sustainable hair care extensions that you can recycle. And that's like, as far as I'm concerned, that's like huge, huge, huge game changer. You can, yeah, you can, you can absolutely, because the tons of women that actually put the hair in braids and it, and I hadn't even thought about it. Like I'll put my hair in braids. If I'm going to, you know, my hair is not as long as this, but if I'm going to like essentially take it out, I'll probably like chop this right off and it goes mm-hmm. into it. And I hadn't quite made the connection. So when I saw that, I was super, super excited and excited to see it. And I think particularly in the textured hair space, because it's an area that has been underserved for so long. The kind of innovation that you see beyond technology, you know, you're definitely thinking about sustainability, but you're also thinking about innovation in brand. Because yeah. there's so many opportunities to speak to this customer, right? You know, you see like brands, for instance, a good friend of mine runs Ratswan, Swan, um, who are totally innovating from a perspective of, you know, like conscious hair care extensions um, for the diaspora and beyond. And I think that that's also interesting. So you're seeing... So many different pockets of innovation, being it yeah. in brand, in sustainability, in technology. And I'm excited about that. I feel like the journey, when you think about sort of like the journey of let's say like, you know, there's like where you're going. I feel like it's sort of somewhere down here and there's just yeah. so many things. To be created, yeah. it's,
0: it's so creative. fun it's to be kind of on the ground that. level. So cool to be there. I mean, obviously it's not, you know, it's all happening at this at this time, but I feel like the problem with skincare is it's almost like we're swimming upstream because we're yeah. not we're not grow we aren't necessarily growing with the industry. Yeah. The industry was already so huge. And so we yeah. have this like, Everest mountain that we're looking yeah. at like thousands and thousands of brands and thousands of products and in our database we have now you know hundreds of products not thousands because we don't want we don't want thousands of products on our database right now you know eventually when you start to do a few different things with data etc cetera, etc cetera, we can that will change but right now it's just you know We want to make sure that we're, we've tried the products that we have, you know, all of our testers have tried the products and they've gone through the three month cycle, et cetera. when we started three years ago, we had no idea what we were getting ourselves into. Um, But it's, it is exciting. And I feel like, I mean, COVID for us was probably the best thing that, that could have happened in terms of allowing people time, you know, to to catch up to the virtual kind of consultation idea and being in the comfort of their own homes, because there's yeah. something you said for, for taking me into your bathroom with you, which people do all the time.
2: Yeah. Like. Yeah. It's like, show me, show me what you're using. It's I always hear, Hey, do you mind if I go grab the product? <laughs> yeah. 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 I, I'm, I'm always here. in people's bathrooms. Yes, exactly. It's like, show me, show me what you're using. And you learn so much. You learn so much. And, and I think that at the end this sort of this idea of as i said i think i said earlier feeling feeling seen feeling like somebody gets there feeling like somebody can actually genuinely help you and is on that journey with you exactly like, that is really what it's about that's why you know i said that human interaction is king you know you can't completely replace that that's incredibly important so no matter yeah. what we do with technology, we, we, we intend on making sure that that human interaction piece remains king in, in, in the way we serve um, car users.
0: Yeah, exactly. I feel the exact same way because I think beauty, f- I mean, I think it's p- a peer to peer thing and you want, yeah. you want that human that's, you know, on the other line, yeah. one, you know, what's up, you know, chat, whatever away to, to be like, you know, I have a pimple and I'm getting married tomorrow. <laughs> like, yeah what do i do yeah. um yeah and so i think for for us as well it's it's exciting and i think that the human interaction going forward and that kind of digital experience which i yeah. do want to to talk just briefly on what you think the future future looks like we've kind of touched on it but i think that, yeah. that that glossier of course was you know ahead of ahead of their time in terms of having primarily e-commerce presence but then having those kind of pop-up stores that you can go in and really live live the product and, and the brand. And so what do you see going forward? I know that we've talked about a few things, but are there any others that stand out for, for beauty and hair care, etc.?
2: I think that there is something around the link between what we're putting inside our bodies and what we're putting on our bodies. hmm Um, And I think that that's going to be increasingly interesting for beauty It's this idea that it's in the deep, right? You know, Mm -hmm. like say for instance, in the context of skin, I'm sure, I don't know if you have moments where if you eat tons and tons of sugar, it manifests on your face, right? So I definitely have those, you know, scenarios or where, you know, like through different cycles, you have a different impact on your hair. And I think that, there is something particularly interesting around what we're putting into our bodies and how that manifests in our beauty. Um, I'm not sure what word you would use for that. Catherine. I think holistic. I think holistic. That's better. it. That's it. I think that we're going to see an increasing focus on holistic practices around beauty so it's not just this thing of it's only around product it's kind of thinking about it from a a wellness perspective right it's this idea that you're pouring love into your body you're taking care of yourself Um, but you're taking care of yourself from yeah from a grounded holistic perspective I'm really excited about that so I wouldn't call that a specific it's not necessarily like, oh my god, this tech, right? The tech, of course, is important, and we've spoken about that, and and the multitudes of applications of technology. But I think that there is something else that is happening in the psychology of the customer um, mm-hmm. in thinking about what we're putting into our bodies.
0: Definitely, this the kind of psychodermatology field as a whole yeah. is so interesting, yes. and I'm really excited about it. And I think you know it's one of those things where you have and this applies to, to you guys, you have, you know, a therapist to talk about, you know, what's going on in your life. You have your hairstylist to cut your hair. You have, yeah. you know, all of these people that can help you in different areas of your life, you know, whatever it may be. And for us, we do feel like you need someone to talk to your skin about, you know, the, yeah. just to troubleshoot with every couple of months, whatever. And I think the same thing goes with hair care because no matter what, based on what you're putting in your body, of course, it's going to change your, your skin and, and everything, but that changes, you know, it's seasons of life and also yeah. just the seasons in general, but seasons of yes. life too, I think is, yes. is critical. And, you know, Giselle LaPompe-Moore, oh, she's He's one of the, brilliant,
2: boys. Giselle's yeah. lovely. Oh, I love her. I love her
0: name, by the way. Like, the sexiest name, like the oh.
2: hottest name, like if I'm yeah. her, I would never. I, I need to actually ask her. Do you ever just introduce yourself as Giselle? Because if I'm her, I would constantly seek opportunities to say, "Hi, I'm Giselle LePomp More."
0: I would have to <laughs> would say, say my, my whole, whole name. Truly, I mean, really, like it's the best name. I, I've told her that. Like <laughs> and she, you know, she was on our podcast. I think it was our. Yeah the first season that we did this and she was talking about these circles that she was doing with men and women talking about their skin and allowing space for them to speak about you know their concerns and And to entertain the idea, what if this problem, you know, or problem, what if this concern of mine didn't go away,
2: Uh, Uh, what would
0: happen? And so it's just, she's doing incredible things. And I think that definitely we, we all get so focused on the tech. And of course, both of us are excited about the tech because we're in the tech space, but we're also in the space of helping people. And I think that that's really exciting that there's, that there are these outlets and we talk to people all the time that are like, oh, I never knew that something like this existed. This is great. So, yeah, I think that that increased, increase of education, transparency, and just the care of the big picture versus the singular product that's a band aid or, you know, the medication that can definitely help, but maybe there's other things going on as well is exciting. I agree.
2: Absolutely. I actually think that, you know, like the technology, the product is great, but I think that what needs to be fo- the central focus is the person, the customer, the user, mm-hmm. because it's sort of like putting them back in the middle again, putting them back at the apex of conversations around beauty, like mm-hmm. really entering the customer, the customer's needs, the customer's lifestyle, the customer's location. Like, I just think that things start to change when you really focus your attention on the customer. That, that That's why both of us can have conversations around Say, for instance, um, the example that you mentioned, what happens if this doesn't go away or or specifically like, you know, that ingredient, you know, or the fact that a customer says, oh, you know, I've been told that this is acne, but I feel like it's this. We're centering the customer. We're hearing their experiences and providing the education to support them through that process. And I, and I just think for us, that will always be a strategy, like putting our customer first will always, always, always be a strategy. And we use all of these other different things in our toolkit, technology being one of them to meet and exceed their needs together with them in co-creation with us.
0: Exactly. And I think it's hopefully the future. And I think that hopefully it's the, you know, the way that other brands, you know, will follow with that education first, because I think that you know, there's a place for brands to be better about being transparent about their products and being transparent about the usage of the product and who shouldn't, shouldn't use it. And so I think that hopefully that, you know, that too is, is coming. But like,
2: you know, the point you mentioned around transparency, I think that that's so, so, so interesting. Like just today I was looking at a comment that someone shared on Reddit and it was kind of like, Oh, you know, what is it? And she wrote out like a long ingredient in ingredients, like sodium laurel issue in it, and she was like you know asking a very detailed question around that and I think that that really speaks to the mindset how the mindset has changed right like buying yeah. food, beauty say for instance 15 years ago would be literally as you said that beautiful La Mer box right you buy it because I don't know who it was that was using J Lo, right or someone's yeah right? Someone you know, perfect. <laughs> exactly. Even if you're saving everything, right? You're, you're just saving and buying it. But I think that there's something really exciting that's happening. You know, like the fact that we, we can ask these detailed questions around ingredients or even have an interest in understanding it, I think really speaks to just our collective psychology around um, transparency around ingredients, around what we're using on our hair or on our skin. And it doesn't necessarily, by that same token, it doesn't necessarily mean that we all need to go get PhDs in cosmetology. Like we need to do that. It just means that it needs to be easier. It needs to be more accessible. It needs to answer those questions that people have. Whereas, you know, the, the labeling, the way we label products, has not moved on in how many years You still have those sciencey words that are incredibly confusing and you need to pull up your Google in order to really learn what it is that those are doing and whether it works for you. So.
0: And why it's in there, because there's so many ingredients that are in there for a reason and they sound really scary. And you know, there's alcohol, for example, is used in skincare. Now there are good alcohols and bad alcohols. Yes, yes, yes. It's critical that that consumers understand that just because it says alcohol and, you know, we have clients all the time that that come and they say, you know, oh, this this product has alcohol. I can't use it. And it took me a long time even to educate myself and to understand just because it, it doesn't necessarily mean it's bad. And there's usually a reason that someone's put it in there. Now, there are some horrible formulations and shitty Shitty brands. I'll just say it. I won't say any of them on here, but yeah, they are. But you know, some brands are very clever with their formulations. There's a reason that the alcohol is there to balance something else, and so I think that if brands can just help us to understand why it's there, yes. then yeah, because they're very smart people formulating
2: these products. Hundred percent, hundred percent. Like I feel like you know, I speak to cosmetologists all the time, and it's always super interesting to understand the journey to creating a specific product and putting that out into the market. And you're right. Like there are fatty alcohols that are good for you the same way. There are certain sulfates that you need for very, very specific things for Mm -hmm. your hair. Like not all sulfates are bad, but in the entire clean beauty movement, and the way we use we tend we have a tendency within the beauty industry to use shorthand to market things. So no SLS became the devil, right? So it became a shorthand. You pick up a product and it says no SLS and people think, Okay, that's what I need. But then you're not actually changing your routine. You're still going ahead, you're using those heavy oils, those heavy butters, those heavy everything, and you're still using a software-free shampoo. And nothing is happening because You actually can't cut through the layers of environmental pollution, oils, thick butters and moisturizers, and then also using a very gentle cleanser to cleanse. So it's sort of, that really uncovers the need for education because we we think from a short-term perspective that all sulfates are bad, but they aren't. Exactly. I think that that's where education helps. Mm -hmm. And that's where it absolutely needs to take center stage. I think it's great that we've gone through, you know, from a hair care perspective, the natural hair movement and then the clean hair movement or the clean beauty movement rather. But I think that those movements were in response to something that we needed and we Mm -hmm. didn't have as consumers. There was a reason why we all latched on to... The no sulfates, the no parabens, because our, our deep problems, say, for instance, around dryness, was not being solved by what we had. So we're looking for a solution, and that became the automatic solution. But that didn't take into consideration the necessary education that needs to happen around it. It's, mm-hmm. So you see you know you hear people say, well, I bought that because it says no SLS, but my hair's still dry or my hair is still this. That's because the regimen around it, the education around it is missing. So we might have that product but we're still using it in the wrong way, unfortunately. and yeah. I have to go through that myself like having colored my hair yeah, having colored my hair using tons of different products that absolutely were not right for me. And I was just doing absolutely batshit crazy things.
0: Yeah. <laughs> <to>. My rosacea. <laughs> I mean, it's a similar thing with my rosacea because I had tried everything. I was doing these expensive treatments. I was going yeah. for LED, laser, I was getting these oh my gosh, the the amount that I spent on facials and then the products that the you know, oh my god, it was a full thing. And then what I really needed to do was basically nothing is like strip it way back to about three products and yeah. rebuild my skin barrier. And then, you know, then start to, you know, address the further redness and change my diet and all of these yeah. other things. But it's just, yeah. it took me that long. And obviously I didn't have anybody helping me really to of get there. Course,
2: of course, of course, of course. And yeah. It's the journey. And I'm excited that you went through that journey because without it, the only wouldn't be here. So no, everything it happens be. for a reason.
0: It does. It does. And I I think that the journey has so far been amazing. And I'm just, I'm excited to see, to see what happens and just reading the different stats about people being confused and people who are wanting, you know, kind of a touchless. Um, there was a, a stat, 63% of consumers globally want to use touchless tech more after the pandemic than they did previously. So that's really exciting for us. Yeah. Um, so there's there's a lot of great things on the horizon for this space. And, you know, yes. I'm sure we'll have some pop-ups and things here and there where we can meet people in real life.
2: Of course, of course. Like, I think that the real life stuff, I feel like, the function, like the way we deliver like functional services change and then real life starts to become this really exciting community-led experiences, right? Because as you mentioned, beauty is a peer-to-peer thing. It's like word-of-mouth driven and people like to interact. So I think we're really going to this world where that space is becomes a space for talking to each other. Um, but yeah, the stats around Touchless Tech is super, super interesting, right? Because it really speaks to post-pandemic and you know the question that I often ask, like, are we okay post the pandemic? What has genuinely changed for us psychologically? And I think that that's one of those areas. And I think that the other thing the pandemic has done is really um, made this concept of getting advice digitally, a thing, whereas pre-pandemic probably wasn't as much. It was happening, but to a smaller degree. But I think it's so exciting because you're seeing huge proportions of people who are absolutely like it's completely accelerated behaviors around virtual virtual beauty
0: if you have one minute an opportunity to explain where they can find cara and why who should come to you where where they go absolutely
2: so first things first with cara we are a personalized hair care platform providing one-on-one expert advice tailored hair care routines and product recommendations to match your texture when we talk about texture we're talking about every curl every coil every kink every beautiful multi-texture that exists where we exist to actually empower you with the knowledge the advice the warm, friendly environment to actually know how to rock your own hair and you can find us on Cara.co that's C-A-R-R-A dot co and on Instagram at Hey
0: I love it thank you Winnie so much for being here I love seeing your face even if it is you know, virtual, but we're used to it. This is what we do every day.